Welcome back. You are listening to The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. And it's time for another clue for our breakfast Bible quiz. So hopefully you've been listening and you've heard the first couple of clues. It is a Who Am I quiz. And today's prize is a copy of the book, the um, sorry, A Pale Horse Rides by Sean Boonstra. Very interesting book, chronicles uh, the history of barbarians and uh, and their faith in God. And apparently it's a very faith-affirming book. I personally haven't read it, but Lyle says it's an absolute ripper. But let me give you the next quiz um, clue. So who am I? From year to year, I went on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah, judging Israel in all those places. Mm, so who had the job of being a traveling judge in Israel? Give us a call if you think you know the answer. Our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. You can text if you like, 0491-064-669. If you get the answer right, we'll send you a Pale Horse Rides totally full free. There you go. Great prize right there. And a great character to be guessing it, but quite a major character in the Bible, really. Yes, yes. Huge, huge Old Testament character. Who was a... Failure as a parent. Oh, yeah. Bad dad. Okay, so let's go to, where are we? First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21. And I do want to remind all of our listeners uh, at this particular time very quickly that if you are struggling with your signal, if you are living in an area where you're sort of on the edge of the Faith FM signal or you are, you know, commuting in a way where you drive away from the signal, then... Don't forget to, uh, you can listen, the best way to do it and the way that uh, most people are doing it these days is listening online, faithfm.com.au. Look it up on your phone, run it through your Bluetooth and you're up and away or use the TuneIn app. Make sure you get the free version of it. We remind our delayed broadcast listeners of this every day, but we want to make a very special point to uh, to remind you guys as well. And, and we want to we make a special announcement. A yes. very special announcement to make a very special welcome to another transmitter that is no longer on delayed broadcast. Whereabouts is that, Mon? In Townsville. Welcome to all our new Townsville listeners. Welcome to the show. We love having you here. How's it going? Yes. Sunny Townsville. And also, just Townsville listeners, this is a delayed broadcast. It is now actually Tuesday, the 27th of November. You're on the right date for once. Yeah. For once. Usually you're First like, time ever for Townsville. Yeah, like a day or two or a week behind. <laughs> we had somebody call through the other day like, oh, I'm calling through for uh, such and such a uh, giveaway. Um, and giveaway. And it, was, and it was a week and one. It was eight days old. It was eight days old. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah. Yeah, the delayed broadcast is not the place to be. You just need to be listening to the live show. So Townsville has has uh, has got on board and they've upgraded. And if you'd like to upgrade in your area, then contact Faith FM. There is no doubt ways that you can go about making sure that that happens and you can get the live show as well. And if there's any brand spanking new listeners in Townsville, uh, welcome to our show. This is The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon on Faith FM. And uh, we are starting the second half of our show where we are about to do our Encounter with God Bible study. Otherwise known as the, the 20, 20 million, million movement, so a movement yes. of faith, people, 20 million people around the world who all study the same passage of scripture at the same time every morning. Um, and so, yes, welcome to uh, Faith FM Townsville listeners this morning. Kind of, kind and of, of course, I, I probably should just uh, mention that, you know, if you want to get the live show at your location, it is probably just a matter of uh, getting together with the uh, local Faith FM um, team there and upgrading the internet connection. 
Um, it seems that that's what the biggest requirement is to have a uh, fast and reliable internet and you can get the live show. Yeah, it's not that hard. Give us a call here. Yeah. Pester us. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Please do. We please do. It. We please pester it. us and we will, we, will, we will get that happening if we can. It's kind of exciting to think that someone in Townsville is you know, driving on their way to work and is just scrolling through the channels and has come across us for the first time. There you go. So exciting. Hey, Townsville. Kind of cool. All right, so let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to start reading in verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The theft. (laughs) 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Lyle doesn't exist. There you go. Yeah. I can get Are up you to sure verse, it doesn't? What, what is it? What is, First what is Corinthians it? chapter 5 verses, goes all the way up to 13, but not to 17. Well, there you go. What, 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 what's after verse 13? Uh, chapter 6. That, what, it's just amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe we're not going to have a Bible session. Well, just, just, just keep going down through chapter 6 until you get up to uh, where verse 17 should be, and maybe we should start reading there. So there's avoiding lawsuits with Christians. Is that the... Um, is that the theme we're going with? Well, today? maybe we should because we're talking about unity. Mm, and yeah, lawsuits amongst Christians it's is not going to promote unity at all. not unity. <laughs> unifying experience right there. Well, chapter 5 is uh, when Paul condemns spiritual pride, which also gets in the way of unity. In fact, pride causes so many problems. Yeah. I feel like most problems are caused by pride. Absolutely. Pride and money. You can put that down to you know, pretty much any church division. You can put that down to uh, mm-hmm. pride when it all boils down. Um, people feel disrespected and so they just get all upset and bend out of shape and it's like, yeah, I'm moving on from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so where were we? Let's try 2 Corinthians. Second, there you go, Lyle. And see if it has 17 verses. In fact, we're going to find out whether it has 21 verses in it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter Mm 5 and verse... Oh, you got it. Verse 17. Start with us in verse 17 then, Mon. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. All right, Lego, good. Stop there. Stop, stop, stop. You want half of that, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's the summary of the whole thing right there. We don't have to read any further. Okay. Anybody who gives their life to Christ becomes what? A new person. And this is this is the essence of the gospel right here. What would be the purpose of becoming a Christian if you stayed (laughs) the same as what you are right now? The whole purpose of becoming a Christian is becoming a new and better person. And Christ says he wants to come into your life. He wants to change you. He makes wants to turn you into a better person. And that's what's called sanctification. And once again, I'm just going to get back to a little bit of a rant that I've had on other occasions where some people say sanctification has nothing to do with salvation. That is ridiculous. Mm. That's like saying conversion has nothing to do with salvation. Are you honestly saying that conversion has nothing to do with salvation? They're intrinsically linked. They're intrinsically linked. When justification happens, sanctification begins. That's right. You can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. It's impossibility. It's like having water uh, without hydrogen. Yeah, that's a very good example. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to have both. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to have hydrogen. You've got to have oxygen, and you put the two together, and you have water. If you want to have salvation, you've got to have justification. You've got to have sanctification. You put the two together, and you've got salvation. Mm-hmm. It, to it's me, it just boggles my mind. It's like yes, people want to be saved, but not converted. Huh? Yeah. What? How does <laughs> that's that work? That's a very good point, actually, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense whatsoever at all. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. And the moment we become in Christ, we become a new creature. 
And, and praise the Lord for that. To, yeah, that's right. And, and we, you know, the Bible says, you know, we, be, we begin as babies, as children in the Word, and we grow from there. And the Christian experience is an experience of growth all the way through our life. And some of us have short lives, and some of us have long lives. And the thief on the cross had a short life after his conversion, but he still had a conversion experience. That's the point. You know, some people come to me and say, "Oh, you know, if, if uh, sanctification is part of the uh, part of salvation, then what about the thief on the cross? Are you saying the thief on the cross wasn't born again? He was. Of course, yeah. he was born again. And the moment you're born again, that is sanctification. You know, that's becoming a new person. That's being, right. The whole. Yeah, it's like <laughs> maybe maybe they think he hasn't been sanctified for long enough. You know. Okay, so does the Bible place time limits on sanctification? No, no, not at all. Of course it doesn't. It's ridiculous. It just If you've got some thoughts on this, give me a call, 1-800-324-843. Give us a call and challenge us on this one. If you're a justification-only person, then give us a call and, 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 and challenge us because I'm going to say that um, the birth born-again experience is just as important to salvation as the forgiveness experience. Amen. Okay, so we were in Second Corinthians chapter two and verse seventeen, and and, and the problem is here's, here's where the problem comes in. People say, "Well, the moment you talk about sanctification, that means you have to be doing something to be saved. You have to be doing righteous things." No, that's not what we're saying. We are saying that you have to be allowing Christ to change you. That's right. It is Christ who does the doing. It is us who allows Him. The Bible says, "Let this mind be in you." which was also in Christ Jesus. The word let there is the verb. That's the action that we must take because Christ will never force himself into our life. We happy with that? Absolutely, 100%. Good. Let's uh, finish the verse then. No, let's not finish the verse. Yeah, no, let's finish the verse. You can finish the verse. Okay. Uh, the verse of the verse says, The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Okay. That's it right there. New life has begun. That's just what we were. It's very talking simple, about. isn't it? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Ah, you can read another verse now. Okay, verse 18 says, And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Okay, so here the Bible talks about the ministry of reconciliation. Now, that's kind of a big word. Mm. What does reconciliation mean? It's where you reconcile stuff. Yes, keep going. Where you make things right. Mm, Keep going. Mm. You reconnect stuff together that should be together. Mm -hmm. Mm, So if you go to a reconciliation meeting. You're forgiving, you're forgetting, you're apologizing and setting it right and... Yeah. yeah. So if there's a dispute in your neighborhood, you can go to reconciliation in which um, someone will act as an arbitrator to negotiate a peaceful settlement for everybody. That's right. Where everybody gets a, theoretically, a win-win. Mm-hmm. And you can sit there and the theory is you can talk about it like normal human beings. That's the aim. Yeah. Always a good thing whenever there is conflict to sit down and talk like normal human beings. It would be great if humans were better at reconciliation, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so the Bible says that Jesus has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So that means that we are to be reconcilers. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. So as Christians, we should be bringing people together, not pushing people apart. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, well, let's let's keep reading. Let's read another verse there, verse nineteen. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Okay, so this whole theme of reconciliation comes through very, very powerfully as we work our way down through this passage here, where um, you know Christ is is the great reconciler. He reconciles the world to himself. He gives us the job of reconciling. How do we actually go about, how can we be reconcilers ourselves? You know, it's funny because I was just thinking, first you have to be reconciled to God and then you get the commission to go be reconciling other mm-hmm. people to God. Mm-hmm. So first you have to experience it yourself. Okay, so you've got to yeah. experience it first. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you experience reconciliation yourself, mm-hmm. uh, the next thing, the next part of your calling is to be a reconciler. That's right. What is the greatest thing that you can do as a reconciler? Is to reconcile, well, not reconcile people to God, but help in that process, in that journey. Introduce people to God so they can be reconciled. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there's lots of things that we can do to, you know, we can we can act as an arbitrator and, you know, a negotiator mm-hmm. and we can, you know, become involved in, say, recognizing re- reconciling neighborhood disputes. That's right. Yeah. We can do that kind of stuff. And that's just one example of many, many different examples, you know, working your way all the way up to, you know, maybe a United Nations negotiator or something like that. Yeah, to, cool. You know, wouldn't you be able to love to negotiate a peace deal between the Israelis and the Palestinians? Oh, for, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would be getting the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, for guaranteed sure. Guaranteed if sure you could you pull would. that one off. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's been able to pull that off since 1948. Um and, and it's something that you know desperately needs to be solved. But uh, imagine how easy that would be to solve if those two countries came to Christ. It'd be incredible. It would be just incredible. It would. It really, really would because Christ is the great reconciler and Christ does away with all of these different barriers that we keep throwing up. Instead of just claiming to be followers, they actually allowed that power to work in their hearts. Yeah. There's no way God would lead them to be acting the way they are. Absolutely. So as Christians, we need to be fighting against discrimination. You know, because basically what you've got there is, you know, the Israelis discriminate against the Palestinians, the Palestinians discriminate against the Israelis, and so they fight against each other. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you guys are Palestinians, you're not of our race. Um, you guys are Israelis, you're not of our race, whatever it might be. Isn't there a prophecy saying that they'll never have peace? Well, no. It's not exactly like that. Mm-hmm. There is a prophecy that says that the uh, descendants of Ishmael would be a, would be a conflicted people. Okay. With you know every man's hand against his brother and every man's hand against him. And they're the descendants. In other of words, they would they would they would struggle to find peace in the world. Mm-hmm. And historically, yeah, there's, you know, you can look back through and them pretty well. it, they, they do struggle to find peace. Yeah. We often talk about, you know, uh, terrorism coming out of the Middle East. Uh, you know, this is a fairly a very modern phenom- phenomenon really because it used to come out of the out of Eastern Europe, but um, it's it's really much more modern phenomena. But it is an area of the world that has struggled to have peace. We have to admit the reality of that. It's true. And, uh, yeah, the Bible did kind of talk about it, you know, way back in the books of Moses. So it's kind of a prophecy, but not really. Yeah, that's right, because everybody is master of their own destiny uh, because they have the decision to make a decision either for God or against God. It's as simple as that. Okay. And if we make a decision for God, then we have the opportunity of being um, peacemakers. 
and uh, you know even the followers of Islam. You know, if you if you actually read the Quran. Um, and follow what the Quran said rather than you know the few little early bits and pieces here and there that people pull out to twist to their own um, ideas so that they can become radical. Then uh, there's a lot there's a lot in there that talks about peace. Because yeah, I just remember being uh, you know when I was younger, I was told that there's never going to be peace in the Middle East because it's been prophesied it would never happen. Yeah, well, it's sort of kind of implied there, but it's not. No, it's okay. not what it actually. So someone could win the Nobel Peace Prize for like somebody could some, some game for right? There you go, Mon. Top yeah, now grabs. now I'm keen. <laughs> It'll get you a trip to the Middle East. Well, I was thinking, you know, if it's as pointless as trying to unite Europe, because <laughs> that's been prophesied yes, about. That one has been very clearly <laughs> prophesied about. Brexit is a very clear indication that that uh, once again every attempt that has ever been made to pull it together has failed and will continue to fail. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so moving on with uh, our passage right here, we find that, um, yeah, we, we should be... This is an interesting one because I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss out something super controversial. Oh, go on, go on. I'm listening. Um, I think discrimination is a good thing. Wait, what? Yeah. Lyle South. <laughs> Our producer's going to call us up on the phone after this show is over. Okay, so you don't think discrimination is a good thing? I think judgment is a good thing. I'm not sure discrimination is necessarily a good okay, thing. Okay, so who should be judging then? Who, who, who should you be judging? I think you need to be judging uh, at almost every point of your day. Who? A- anyone you encounter. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so I'm discriminatory and you're judgmental. That's what we're saying here on Faith <laughs> FM this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, listeners, our new listeners up in Townsville will be like, "What kind yeah. of a radio station <laughs> yes. is this?" Look, I think I think we have this whole this whole uh, thing going on. We not supposed to judge anyone, but to be honest, like if you're thinking about it in, in terms of safety, like as a woman or as a mother, like you'd better be judging the people around you. Like the last thing you want to do is look down an alleyway and see something that looks dangerous, someone that might look dangerous or, you know, something tells you that's not, don't go down there. Like don't be like, no, I can't judge this. I need to go down there. Like that's just stupidity. Yep. And we, and we, we tell ourselves we don't judge, and, but we and, do. And, 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 and being judgmental can save lives. I read, Absolutely. I read the story uh, recently of uh, four young guys that were given a uh, bravery award in Canada, I believe it was. Where they were, um, yes, yeah, just some young skateboarding guys, you know, teenagers, just you know, mm-hmm. that whole crowd skateboarding around a car park late at night, hanging out, doing what those kind of teenagers do. Yep. Anyway, there was a guy walking past, um, an older guy who was carrying a girl who was so intoxicated she was legless, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, she was about fifteen years old, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, it looks a bit sus." Yeah. Just their gut feeling was like, it "Doesn't look right." Yep. And so they confronted him. He was like, yeah, no, it's all cool. This is, um, I'm a friend of her dad's and I'm taking her home. Mm-mm. Now, she was really, really intoxicated. And they sort of like, yeah, okay, that sounds legit. You know, somebody's got to look after and take her home. Um, you know, you can't just leave somebody lying on the streets like that. That wouldn't be safe either. But their gut feeling was telling them there was something that was wrong. And so they... Um, they used to sort of left that car park and moved on and they were talking about it as they were going home like, yeah, nah, nah, nah. So they went back and, of course, there was nobody in the car park and, like, the stairwell. Went to the stairwell and, yeah, a horrific 
um, attack was underway and they were um, able to um, intervene and ensure that that person has been locked up for a very, very long time to come. Good. And got themselves a bravery award as a result of it. Yeah, this is why judgment is not bad. Yeah, and that was that it's was got a that bad was rap, that was them, be using our that judgment. was those guys being very judgmental. Yeah, as they should have been. Yeah. Okay. So, Mon, you might have redeemed yourself on uh, on, you. on, on being judgmental right Thank there. You. Let me see if I can redeem myself in the next segment. Segment, but uh, right now, this is Torin Wells with Noon. <laughs> With known, you're listening to Faith FM. Song. Yeah, absolutely. And this is Encounter with God. We have another clue for our quiz and a special welcome to our 
Listeners in Townsville listening for the first time ever to the live show. You are getting it live today. Hey, Townsville listeners, give us a call. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. Yes, participate in the quiz for the first time. Tell me the answer to this. Who am I? I appointed the first two kings of Israel. Mm. Who was, was it Saul and David? It's mm. giving some clues away there now. Who appointed those? Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Tell us the answer. We'll send you a copy of A Pale Horse Rides by Sean Brinstra. So the answer is God, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, the answer is not God. Who was God's vessel, chosen vessel to do the anointing and the appointing? The chosen vessel. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's some Christianese you're speaking right there. Yes, yes, rather. So, Lyle, I'm judgmental and you're discriminatory. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How am I going to defend myself on this one? Yeah, I'm very interested. Because the Bible says that we are to have the ministry of reconciliation and you pointed out that from a safety perspective it's important to be judgmental. And that as a woman, safety. a mother or, you know, even yeah. even even a man. There's plenty it's of It's important to pass judgment and not place yourself in places of risk or in the company of risky people. And there's plenty of workplace um, you know, people who who use their judgment like you know, with people who work at airports, border patrols when they're evaluating you they're judging you like from here to, to Mars. It's called racial profiling. Well, there you go. <laughs> but how no, are you discriminatory? It should be judgment, but not racial profiling. That's profiling. right. That's right. Yeah, well, I was thinking about this, you know, because sometimes we say, well, uh, you can't be a member of, uh, you know, this organization or that organization because of, you know, this or that or the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, that's discrimination. Mm-hmm. For instance, you can't be a member of parliament if you are a dual citizen. We found that out in the last year, are didn't we? Are you serious? You haven't been listening to the news this last year? I missed that. You missed that. That was like one of the... Anyway, we'll forgive Mon for living under a rock. But that's not nice because I'm a dual citizen. <laughs> okay, you have to... If you, Well, there you go. If you want to run, run for parliament, you have to rescind... One of those. I seasons. ain't rescinding nothing. <laughs> I'd sooner change the law. Okay, so it's, it's an arbitrary law. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with your skill set, your skill level, your capability to be able to perform the task. It's just an arbitrary law as a part of the Constitution of Australia. If you're a dual citizen, then you can't be a member of parliament. That's discrimination. Yeah. Some people are going to argue in favour of that discrimination. Some people are going to argue against it. But the simple reality is that every aspect of society discriminates. You come here to the office, and not so much for you and I because we're on radio, there is a dress code. You don't abide by the dress code, you don't get a job. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's discrimination. (laughs) Yeah, It's arbitrary. It's got nothing to do with your skill level. It's got nothing to do with how effectively you can do your job. It's discrimination. I belong to a car club. Maitland Classic Motor Association. I've got to go to three events a year. It's discrimination. And let me guess, I can't be a part of your car club unless I have a classic car, right? Uh, no, you actually can, but you've got to go to three events a year. Okay. That's pretty discrimination. <laughs> yeah. But just discriminatory. Um, and, you know, if you look at uh, religions, for instance, you can't be, become a Muslim if you eat pork or drink alcohol. I can see what you're saying, but these are the guidelines set by a particular club or group or organisation. Otherwise, what's the point of having any kind of a club or group or organisation? Exactly. And what I'm saying is that discrimination actually is a part of every aspect of our lives every day. You send your kids to a school, they're required to wear a uniform. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's got nothing to do with their skill level or whether it's going to make them, you know, learn better or worse or anything else. It's just that's what the school requires mm-hmm. because the school wants to uh, put forward a particular look and it wants to, you know, advertise itself and so forth. And uh, we agree to all kinds of discrimination all the time. Now, there are some forms of discrimination that are absolutely plain, straight out evil. Mm-hmm. And that we should never have anything to do with, you know, and what the Bible is talking about here as far as racial discrimination, uh, which was a big issue in the first century church, is one of them. And this is one of the reasons why Christianity has been at the forefront of fighting the battle against racial discrimination. And so what we need to do is not make broad sweeping statements about discrimination. We need to specify what kind of discrimination is that we are talking about. Because there are some forms of discrimination that are, you know, that are necessary and that are just, you know, a part of our everyday lives and it's part of what makes the world go round. Whereas if um, um, if we specify, I'm talking about racial discrimination, then we know what we're talking about and we know what we're fighting against. Am I the only person who's so sad that we have to get so so into the splitting of hairs just because I feel like some people just can't exercise common sense? Yeah, I guess the re- one of the reasons why I'm raising this is because I've been reading a lot about uh, discrimination, you know, in our schools and all this kind of stuff lately. And um, and I'm just sort of thinking, you know, there's all these broad sweeping statements out there. We need to eradicate discrimination. Well, you know, where, where do you actually end up with that? You know, yeah. we need to eradicate racial discrimination. Absolutely. That needs to be, you know, that's a biblical principle right there. You know, half of the New Testament is focused on that particular issue. Um, but there's other areas where we say, you know, um, say for instance, you and I are Seventh-day Adventists. We worship on the Sabbath day, the mm. Seventh-day Sabbath. And if you're going to become a part of our church and say, hey, we're going to have uh, you know, Sunday church, well, that's you can't really have a – then you're going to be a different church because you're going to be a Sunday Adventist. And, and, and you could say, oh, I've been discriminated against because, uh, you know, I call, call the Sunday Adventist rather than a Seventh-day Adventist. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so the moment that you, you know, and you, and, you know, there are lots of people that I disagree with on this point. They come mm-hmm. to me and they say, no, we think that you should worship on Sunday or any day or whatever it might be. And we have a disagreement. Mm. And we would even go as far as telling each other, you're wrong. Okay. Uh, the moment you tell somebody you're wrong on any issue, you've discriminated. So, I think that's silly. We should, we should be able to have conversations like Of that. course we yeah. should be able to have this kind of conversations. We should be mm-hmm. able to have disagreements. That's part of what a free society is. Yeah. You know, you take away freedom from society. You want to get rid of all discrimination. You've got to, you're going to have to take away all freedom. And then you're going to have one of these societies that you really don't want to be a part of. There are a bunch of them around the world and they are a long way from being any kind of utopia. Yeah, and I really need to have the right to tell everyone that they're wrong about eating mushrooms. So let's definitely not go down that path. Did you just press the mushroom button? <laughs> not the mushroom rant button. The mushroom button got pressed pressed at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, it did rather. It did rather. <laughs> but the good news is I smashed the argument and I won, so no one's eating mushrooms anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, anyway, whatever. Um Let's read verse 20 and 21. 20 and 21. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Thank you. So the Bible says that we are what in verse 20? 
Uh, he says, we're ambassadors. Okay, so um, do, we, do we have a phone call coming through there? I think we have a phone call coming through, yeah. Okay. I think someone wants to make a comment, so let's oh, have a comment. It's cool. We might need to grab a little bit of extra... Uh, Talking time. Talking time if we can. Either that or we won't even... I wonder if this person's about to judge or discriminate on air. Yeah, maybe. Mm, very controversial moment for us. <laughs> well, we did tell you. We, I, I did make a controversial statement and... Uh, uh, maybe they're just going to send us through a message. We'll see what happens. Yeah, okay, yeah. but all right, coming back to this verse right here, the Bible says that we are ambassadors. An That's ambassador right. is somebody who lives in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. An ambassador is somebody who represents the country of which they hold citizenship. Correct. The Bible says that we are ambassadors. In other words, we are living in a foreign country. This world is not our home. Heaven is our home. We are representatives of the government of God. And as we go through this day today, let us all be representatives of the government of God, representatives of Jesus Christ to stand for what he stands for um, here in this world.
if what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM. I am about to give you the very last clue. No, you're not. I'm not? Because you, you're going to do some DIY clues, aren't you? No. What? It's already been snapped up. Somebody answered Somebody it? Somebody got it. Oh, congratulations. I don't even know. Congratulations to Gary, who got the clue correct. Oh, Gary, good His on you. His answer ya. was Samuel. Oh, yes. Well done, Gary. We're going to send you a copy of A Pale Horse Rides by Sean Boonstra. You will enjoy that, and good on you for getting that one right. It was it was actually a little bit tough. See, this is what happens when you duck out during the song break, Mon. Well, All of the action takes place. Well, well. You miss out on what's going on. Sometimes you've got to duck out to avoid accidents. Um <laughs> But speaking of things yeah, that are accidents, go there. <laughs> uh, Lyle, question of the day, and it's, it's a good question. It's yes. a very good question. So the question is, uh, can I lose my salvation? And basically the person who asked this, because um, uh, they gave me a call, they want to say anonymous for now, but they were basically tackling the concept of uh, once saved, always saved, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which might sound like Christianese to a lot of our listeners. So basically the question is, can I lose my salvation? Can I be saved and then be yes. not, not saved? So there's a large portion of uh, evangelical Christianity that says that when you give your life to Jesus, if you truly sincerely do so, he forever removes your power of choice. And so you can never, ever lose out on salvation after that particular point. So it doesn't matter how you live your life, you'll lose the joy of salvation if you become a you know wicked, evil, uh, terrible, sinning person, but you won't actually lose salvation if it was a genuine commitment in the first place. Now, my question is, before we even go into the Bible, my question is this. The power of choice is what creates love. Love does not exist without the power of choice. If God removes our power of choice over any issue, we have gone from being a person to a robot and love has ceased to exist. If there's no love in the relationship, then God is not a God of love. And any, any, any doctrine that attacks the character of God is a false doctrine. But let's read what the Bible says on this subject, shall we? Uh, this is the parable of the sower. And it's about four different kinds of hearers symbolized by four different kinds of ground. And I want to catch you when you catch how Jesus describes it. So there was seed that fell on uh, on the footpath. There was seed that fell amongst stones. There was seed that fell amongst weeds. And there was seed that fell on good ground. Jesus says in verse 11, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those on the path are those that hear. Then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So these are people who never believe to salvation. That's clear. They hear the word of God, never believe it, move on with their lives, reject God, and they're lost, the Bible says. Okay, the kind of belief that is being spoken of in this passage, let's get our context, is belief unto salvation. They never believe unto salvation. The Bible continues on. It says in verse uh, 13, those on the rocks are those which when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a time believe and at a later time fall away into temptation. So here you've got those on the rock. They believe unto salvation for a time, but their roots aren't deep enough and they disappear. It continues on. It says in verse 14, And those which fell amongst thorns are those which when they have heard, they go forth and are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life and bring no forth to, no fruit forth to perfection. But those that fell on the good ground, which in an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. I want you to notice here 
the Bible is very clear that those that fall on the rocks are those who believe for a time and then fall away. So the Bible is very, very clear about that. Another great example is the parable of uh, the uh, virgins. And while we're turning over to Matthew chapter 25, we can note that a virgin is uh, symbolic of um, God's pure church. So virgins, in Matthew 25, the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins which go out and take their lamps to meet the bridegroom. And five were wise and five were foolish. And those that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Um, And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go out to meet him. Here you've got, they're all virgins, they're all part of God's church. Uh, they are all have lamps, symbol of the word of God. They know their Bibles inside out, back to front and upside down. They all have oil in their lamps, which means that they have all received the Holy Spirit. So you've got spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christians spreading light on the world, evangelizing the world, waiting for the, and expecting, believing in the return of Jesus Christ, wanting to be saved, following Christ's command to go out and prepare for the coming of the bridegroom. All of them are doing this, but half of them run out of oil. They allow the Holy Spirit to drift out of their life. They drift away from God, and then they come knocking on the door. They want to come into salvation, and they're lost. They're on the outside. And so the Bible is very clear that no, salvation is something that you can lose. If you choose to walk away from God, God will not force you into heaven against your will. And so, yes, this doctrine of once saved, always saved. This is not something you find in the Bible. If you'd like to uh, send us more questions on it, be happy to uh, answer those questions. You know what our numbers are. Thank you so much, Lyle. We appreciate you answering that question. Give us a call if you have a Q of the D. We will love to answer it for you on air. Our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text your questions 0491-064-669 or message us through any of our social media platforms. We've got them all, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. And, of course, if you'd like to stay anonymous, that is perfectly okay. So you think I'm something special Like I know a thing or two Like my eyes don't ever wander Like my aim is always true So you think I'm not a dirty rotten scoundrel Through and through Well lady I've got news for you So you think that you're the only one To cry yourself to sleep You're the only one who's scared They all forget you when you leave So you think that you're the only one Whose heart is black and blue Listen, I've got news for you For you I might as well just tell you that it's true God is dead and gone 
So you think that he can't break a heart that's harder than a stone So you feel so wrecked and dirty He could never make you new Well man have I got news for you For you I'm so compelled to tell you that it's true So true Listen I've got news for you of the breakfast show with Lyle in mind but we're not gonna leave you just like that are we Lyle we're gonna leave them with a little something something absolutely we are and this one is the ultimate race we had uh, this the kind of ultimate race here in New Scarcastle over the weekend but this one actually is the ultimate race yes the book by E.G. White called the ultimate race it's a uh uh how would you describe this like it's 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 about how to it's running the race of life yeah yeah it's about exactly. running the race of life the bible describes our life as being like a race and uh yes absolutely yeah and this draws analogy you know um you know every race is a team effort you know, have your sponsorships and provide the finances and create the car and you have chief of uh, the crew and then the pit crew and then all these different um uh roles that you know are required in life and so this is you know saying how life is actually a team effort and that but we have jesus as our sponsor our creator our chief you know he's running the pit crew he's running the show and so this is a really great book um we have one copy to give away for free so okay. if you would like a copy of it, give us a call now. It doesn't do anything, just be the first person through. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Might be a good time if you're in Townsville, you can like, you know, finally call through to the live show and get, yeah, the, get the freebie. The, um, it's, the, the book is also known as Steps to Christ um, under a different title, so The Ultimate yes, Race. it's yeah. a really great book. Of course, if you'd like more information on how to study the Bible, you just want to study more of that good stuff, give us a call here as well, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Um, we have wonderful Bible studies that we can connect you with, including the one that Lyle's written called uh, The Prophetic Code. It's a really good one. Yes, and all kinds of different formats that you can do those Bible studies in. So you can do them in a small group uh, setting. You can do them one-on-one. You can do them by correspondence or online or however you would like to uh, study the Bible. We just want to encourage people to get into the Bible. However you do it, wherever you do it, just, just study that book because you will be blessed. Your life will be changed. You'll become a new person. But don't forget that, as always, we look forward to your company in the mornings. Do join us again tomorrow morning. We love you guys, and we look forward to joining you tomorrow. I've walked among the shadows. You wiped my tears away. I felt the pain of heartbreak And I've seen the brighter days And I've prayed prayers to heaven From my lowest place And I have held your blessings God, you give and take away No matter what I have, your grace is Stand
make it bright.